I've lots happened in the last 24 to 48 hours, and I'm really looking forward to going through all of that with you tonight. Dan, or oh, half of half of, I feel like like every time I see you, you lose more and more weight. Um, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's good to have you back in the country. Yeah, it's good to be back. Nice ten uh, day hiatus, just uh, in the in the beautiful part of the world, the Philippines. Spent some time in Boracay and island hopping a little bit and. Got some sun, got some, uh, got some energy, and I'm, I'm back ready to go, mate. And you didn't bring back a mail order bride, which would have uh, made you like top echelon of Carlton fans. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, bit of talent out there, but um, yeah, no, not quite. Not quite for me. <laughs> um, hey, great work on the on the draft, the draft night shows. Um, I caught the first one. I didn't catch last night's show as I was on the flight home. Um, yeah, but it's been a really busy, like I said, been a really busy few days. It was been, it was pretty quiet for the month or so before that. Um, but it's good to have, um, it's, it's good to have some more Carlton news to talk about. So, the idea for tonight's show was we're going to go through and recap the entire, um, the entire off-season period. Now we'll go through each player that we selected one by one, and just get a bit of a recap of who they are, what they bring to the club and uh and then we can go from there how does that sound yeah sounds good mate i'm excited excellent excellent so let's start let's start off with with you know season ends we pick up jackie news so for those of you watching at home as we go through each of these players you'll see once we get to the draftees put your comments in as well what you think about it um but yeah in, in a nutshell dan what do you think about jackie news coming in i i mean i love jack news and I think this is the best signing for me with Cout and what we talk about. We were talking about mid-year 24 senior players with games played. And let's be honest, 155 games, 26 years old, four years he's been the leadership at St Kilda. He fits the bill. Good wingman, hardworking, big energy, big engine. He's the kind of player that every club has that, to make their squad better. He's already made footballer. I love Jack Noons. Is he best 22? Maybe not, but he definitely is best 25. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we speak about it a lot. We <laughs> talk about having 30. Um, 30 players that at any given time can play in any given round with confidence, and he, I think he can definitely do that. Um, he'll force guys to really hold their positions in, in the side throughout the year. And, and yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a, a starting guy in, in round one next year, but uh, there's no reason why he can't push his way into the side. I mean, the reality is he, you know, like we said, he's, he was in the leadership group uh, there. He was offered a two-year contract, I think, by the Saints, but he wanted to come to Carlton. So uh, he's got a bit of a he's – got, he's got something to prove as well. And, and for him, I mean, he, he had guaranteed sort of game time there at the Saints. So to come over here in a – at a club where he's not really guaranteed game time, sort of says something about him and his, uh, you know, his want to accept the challenge and and overcome that. So looking forward to that one. I like that. Next up, we had well, we know we had them picked up Eddie Betts and Mark Pitonet. Um, not much really needs to be said about Eddie Betts. I mean, we, we've covered him pretty extensively. Um, we know that he's going to be right in the thick of it round one. I think. I think now that he's there and we start seeing him go to NBL games with with Samo and now you know that Jack Martin's in and you see the two of them together and 
you start to really see the, you know, the, the off-field stuff that he's going to be able to provide. Um, what's your take on that? Oh, I mean, that's kind of, I, I didn't like it at first. And then I thought about it and I grew into it. And I'm super excited. I mean, seeing Eddie Betts at the VFLW training with the girls, um, him talking about wanting to get involved in the NGA, it's super exciting. And I mean, we'll come to him soon. Josh Honey, I talked about him at length and I said he would work with Betts really well. He has a lot of that call that Betts has. I mean, I'm super excited. You're talking the most successful small forward for a generation, and he's back at Carlton. I mean, what what more can I say? Great pickup. Yeah, and Pitchernet as well probably fits into that that depth category. Um, you know, we obviously know Cruz is a little banged up, and he doesn't really get more than 15, 16 games out of the season anymore. He's obviously also going to be a bit of a, a conduit between Tom DeConning and Cruiser. We hope that Tom DeConning at this time next year, we're talking about him as a regular starting ruckman. Um, so Mark Pittnett, I think it's a big tick. You know, we did lose Matthew Loby. I think we probably had one too many ruckmen on the list as it was. Um, we lost Matthew Loby. We lost Andrew Phillips. So now we've got the three, you know, bona fide ruckmen. Um, what do you think about him? Or have you have you come up with anything else since we've uh, recruited him? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, Pittnett, I've just done the TPI for 2020 because I'm, I'm excited um, TPI says we're going to be top 10, so get excited about that. But PNA is a great reason why. I mean, second in their BNF at Box Hill. Um, he was top four in the JJ list and he had a massive season. And based on that alone and that development, he's he, he's better than Lob and he's probably about where Phillips was. I reckon if he comes in, he's going to do a job. Real old school Ruckman, got everything you need. Um, big physical presence and very aggressive. Modern day Ruckman, I think he's going to be a great foil for Cruiser and a great foil for TDK. Beautiful. All right, mate, let's get let's get down to the real stuff. And b- before we get onto the draft days, I really want to push this point home. Um, <laughs> I want to not take a, a moment to acknowledge you and, and Dane as well. Um, the two of you throughout the year have, have spoken about a lot of these kids that got drafted and you had the knowledge about that. So... Um, um, for those of you watching at home, um, Dan, how many draft profiles did you make? Well, there was 850 people in the draft, and everyone had them. Plus, um, there was a couple of other players that I knew that had entered in the rookie draft as well. Yeah, yeah. No, mate, uh, that's greatly appreciated, the hard work that goes into that. And for me, watching the first night, the, the amount of time that I was able to watch, you could just tell how prepared you guys were because you – you knew your stuff, you did your research, and you did the work. So well done to that. Um, I'm really going to turn this over to you now. Tell me a little bit about Brody Kemp and what we did here with pick 17. We know that we did make a pick swap. Um, we ended up getting 17 and, and 20. Uh, 20. Yeah, so tell me about Brody Kemp. What's his so, name? I mean, Bro- Brody Kemp, like you've got to remember, Brody Kemp at the start of the year was the third best player in this draft before his ACL. So he was just behind Raul and Anderson. So he was in our pick nine video that we did. I I, I talked highly of him, the utility, both ends of the ground, can play on the ball. Now, I spoke at length today with a good friend of mine. You may know him, Cooter. And um, very similar player to Cooter in that aesthetic. He's a big body, big boy, but he's got the athleticism of a smaller player. This guy can do it all, play all around the ground. 
He's tough. And if you look at him, he looks like a footballer already. He doesn't look like an 18-year-old kid. He looks like a man. And this guy hasn't really got any flaws. I mean, great in the air. He's tough to the ball, highly athletic. And a bit like Cooter in his early years, because me and Cooter talk about this a lot, he hasn't got the endurance yet, but it's a tank that Cooter built, and that's what he's famous for towards the end of the year, his, his career. This guy could be the next Cooter. Love it. Love it. Yeah, there's a few there's a few points to him. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the skill attributes are all there, never questioned. Obviously, once you do an ACL, you get put into a, a different category. There's a, a heightened risk and all of that. And, you know, we knew that going into it. But I think what we're going to do with Kemp and the beauty of where we are right now, um, and I spoke to you about this offline earlier today, is he, like, he doesn't have to play next year. And you use Max King as the example. Like, the way that they've nurtured Max King down at St. Kilda is just perfect. Had the year to just get his knee right, play some VFL, get confident in his body. Max King is ready to play next year if you know if if that's what they decide to do at St Kilda, and I think that's going to be the the same pathway that we'll take with with young Brody Kemp. Um, let him just get his knee right next year is obviously going to be working with Andrew Russell, who's who's worked with a lot of players and athletes with knee injuries. Obviously, he's got Sam Doherty next to him as a, as a you know as a co-captain and. Um, a guy who's going through his second bout of, of rehab, so he's going to be in the rehab group with him. And uh, next year is all about learning. It almost reminds me a little bit of Blake Griffin in his first season uh, in the NBA where he didn't play in his first year and he sit on the sidelines and learn a little bit about the game before he came on board. And then with Brody Kemp, I can really, I mean, if you even look at Paddy Cripps, we didn't play him straight away for, for different reasons. He had a broken leg and he was, you know, out of shape and whatnot. But once Cripps eventually did get into the side, that was it. He was here. And I kind of see the same thing happening with Brody Kemp. I, I think you've got, to use the NBA analogy, and um, good friend of the channel, Gazim, says, good luck finding a matchup for him. For me, where Carlton are going in 2021 with Kemp, just imagine Kemp, McGovern, McKay, Charlie Kerner, and Cripper. Now, Cripper and Kemp all have the ability to rotate through the forward line. It's what I anticipate we'll see Cripper do this year as well, get a bit more forward time. It's going to be like the LA Lakers, the greatest team in the NBA. Um, without a doubt, we're going to storm the championship this year. Like, How do you match up on these guys who are seriously, seriously athletic, who are so big? Like, Carlton are going to walk the 2021 AFL flag. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't do it next year, mate. Oh, we'll, we'll probably do it next year, but 2021, we would just we won't lose a game. It'll be the easiest. These will be the easiest shells we ever do next year, yeah. 2021. Oh, mate, tell me about it. Um, okay, so then we move on and we get Sam Philp. Uh, there's a few points to this before I get you to talk about him. Um, you know that we I was a big rap for Devin Robertson, and we thought you know we might take him. Um, we ended up going with Sam Philp. He filled a need, and, and we'll get to that after this as well with the, the strategy on uh, on draft night. But uh, Sam Philp, I had to listen to him on SCN, his interview, and you try and pick out little nuggets, you know, within the interview, how they communicate, how they speak. I don't mind what I'm hearing from him. It's obviously very early, but tell me a little bit about Sam Philp because you were one of the few that actually did have information on him at the time. Yeah, well, I mean... We, we know that I'm a regular to the old Preston City Oval to see Northern Knights. They're like my second team. I've got, I was there this year quite a bit to watch 
Josh, who went undrafted. Um, but this guy stood out. This guy is lightning. And when you're recording a time at 20 metres, 200th of a second faster than Jack Petrocelli, you're quick. Now, the interesting thing about him is doing a bit of research, his 100 metres is half a second faster than Petrocelli. So that means this guy can run and he can run for a long time. But he's a phenomenal player. He finds the ball. He's Cowan have had a strategy of finding very tough tackling, very aggressive, quick players. And they're all footballers. And this guy's got it all. He can play across halfback. He does most of his work on the ball as well, which is interesting as well. Um, now, I was speaking to a couple of people, and the best description I could give you about this guy from how he plays, and a lot of people are talking about outside work, is negative. He's his ability to play on the outside. He's more accustomed to being in, in congestion. Imagine Dion Prestia, but the guy's taken crack. Like, just imagine that. He is fast as lightning, but he's tough. This kid mm -hmm. has got all the ticks in the right boxes, and for Richmond to want him, that's been confirmed today. Richmond never pick up a bad footballer. Yeah, and that did come through today. Um, it's the second time we've done it in two years. We went and got Stocker, and now we went and got Sam Philp. And um, the point about the 20-meter sprint, look, it's great. He's great off the mark. Um, but the point about him being good over 100 meters is good as well. I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about, you were telling me today, he's a guy that's quicker than Jack Petrocelli. Um Jack Petrocelli is obviously a basketballer. He's gonna, he's still gonna learn how to really win the ball more. This kid already knows how to win the ball, and if you're telling me that he's got Jack Petrocelli speed or better, uh, we're in for a beauty. Oh, th this kid's without a doubt a great footballer. He, he's got all the talent. I mean, one thing we lack above all else is anyone who can actually run faster than your granddad. And we, we've picked up four blogs who can. So. Yeah. You look at the modern day football teams, West Coast, Richmond, even even like say, you know, like Collingwood, they all move quick. And it's something that last year we could see Teague wanted that mosquito fleet. We've got it. They're here. Yeah. Can't come in. Love it. Then we move on and the getting a little bit um a little bit more more. In depth, a lot more into your avenue. Sam Ramsey, we picked him up with pick 47. Uh, you were pretty bullish about this kid, and uh, you were very bullish about him going into next year. Tell me why. Well, I mean, the big thing for me is TPI froths Sam Ramsey. It loves Sam Ramsey. I had Sam Ramsey going top 30. Now, last year, if you watched him play at all for the colder, he played on the halfback and then moved into the midfield, and he excelled on the ball. Now, this guy is a very similar type of player in mindset to Whitfield, someone who can play off halfback and do the rough stuff. Now, TPI has him as our best first-year player. So, obviously, Kemp's not being counted. It doesn't see Kemp playing, but it sees Ramsey doing a job straight away. And from halfback, this kid can play. He's got all the skills. He's also quick, but... He, he's a natural accumulator, and he reminds me a lot from watching him play of Tom Mitchell. He has the ability to find the ball. And two things count and lack, pace and someone who finds the ball with regularity. This guy just turns over possessions. He's, he, he's, he's a super footballer, and I am super excited. He's also got fantastic hair, I've got to say. 
that he does. It, it flocks in the air, mate. <laughs> that that hair is something else. I, I'm excited about Sam Ramsey, very good player. And Calder Cannons, they, they don't produce rubbish talent, Calder Cannons. This guy's got everything, big booming kick. So he's kind of like a Lockie O'Brien, but he's a footballer first, athlete second. Okay. All right. Then we go to sleep. We wake up this morning. Um, and we, we were all assuming, you know, Jack Martin's going to be taken in the preseason draft. Um, I don't think too many people have caught on to this. We didn't actually draft Jack Martin in the preseason draft, did we? No, he came through, he came through the preseason draft. So it was kind of it was kind of like all done cloak and dagger, and suddenly he was a Carlton player. So I mean, Yeah, it was it's like it's like he was signed as a free agent, like a delisted free agent almost. Um we didn't actually have to use pick three to get him. Yeah, so I mean, that, that was the exciting thing with the supplementary draft. It was kind of like a big thing for me. I was out in the hills, so I got a text pick three, Josh Honey, and I was like, is that it? Where's Where's Martin? And then checked my phone and Martin was already training. So, I mean, what can we say about Martin, though? This, I mean, I know there's a lot of doubters about the guy. A lot of people saying he's overpaid. You look at his contract value, he's actually effectively playing for Carlton 600k a year, yeah. which is about his about his money. About about his money. I mean, but the, the guy is natural class. I mean, dynamic. I mean, he play he's played midfield, he's played forward, he's played down back. I mean, the guy has got next level skills, he's a bums on seat footballer. People yeah, talking about this rubbish of leadership group and Gold Coast culture's shit. Gold Coast coach has been shit with the best player of two decades in Gary Ablett Jr. If he couldn't sort them out, and I'll tell you what, that guy is a god of football. How, how's Jack Martin going to? So to me, yeah. this guy is he, he, he he's the kind of guy that will win best on ground a grand final, Jack Martin. Yeah. No, I like that. I will there's a there's a there's a YouTube channel called Carlton Blues, which has his highlights up right now if you haven't checked it out. It's like an eleven-minute compilation of all his highlights throughout the year. He, he's got the talent. There's no, I mean, and it's never been denied. Um, today, for me, it really hit home just what Eddie Betts is going to be able to do. And when I was, and, and for two reasons, one, I was listening to Jack Martin's press conference. Yeah, he, he's he speaks <coughs> relatively well. He's a little raw. He's probably still you know he probably dealt with a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and that was really coming out of his voice for me he was talking about the process and it was stressful it's always a bit of an unknown um i think there's just going to be a good sigh of relief the dust will settle now for me he's just got to tie himself to eddie betts ride the hip go to all the nbl games be in all the instagram stories um just follow what uncle eddie does and you could you could tell the way he spoke about eddie betts in his press conference today, it, it really rammed home the point of what value does Eddie bring to the club? It's, you know, it's, it's more than, it's more than just dollars in a draft pick, you know? Oh, with, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, he, he, he's class. I mean, you watch like Gold Coast are horrible to watch. Yeah. Are horrible to watch. But the one shining light has always been Jack Martin. The guy is a game-breaker. And that's one thing no one can say Carlton have is a guy that can just switch it on and change a game. Like Cripper, he, he forces a game. Jack Martin can dance around and just make a game. This guy 
class. He's going to be the new Eddie Betts. When Eddie Betts yeah. retires, Jack Martin has that ability to be that fan favourite, that guy that our kids will talk about when they're our age doing these type of shows. Yeah. And just one more note on him. Uh, a lot of people have spoken about, no, he's not a small forward. He's a midfielder. No, he's not a midfielder. He's a winger. He made it very clear. If you if you listen to his press conference today, he said it very clearly. I will be a forward next year. That's The question was asked of him, where will you play? And he said forward. Um, he oh, probably will have some rotations in the middle, uh, you know, um, but I think predominantly the idea is that he's going to be groomed as a forward. Uh, I, 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 I can tell that this guy is going to be like Viagra to a lot of our over 50s. <laughs> this guy is super excited. Yeah, no, it's great. You got him, you got Eddie, you got Sam Petrovsky sitting. Um, very, very excited to see Jack Martin. And just look, the thing with me is can we just get him to be consistent? I have no doubt in my mind that 2020 is going to be a big year for him. It's how is he going to go 2021 and beyond? And that's the thing for me. Um, I think the big thing for me is when people talk about consistency and you think about great players, so whatever sport. So, like, let's take soccer. You've got Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo can play 70 minutes and do sweet fuck all. Turns it on for 10 minutes, though, and you're like, best player I've ever seen. Yeah. Dustin Martin can do nothing for three quarters. Fourth quarter... Bang, 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 fend off, fend off, fend off, three goals, best on ground. That's the type of player Jack Martin is. He isn't going to give you nine out of ten all game, but that five minutes he does, he wins you a game. I, yeah. I, I don't want him to have 20 touches every game. I want him to have five touches, five touches, me come on this show and say Jack Martin's a hack, and then the next game he has 25 and six. It makes me look stupid. That's the type yeah. of player he is. I can't wait. I can't yeah, wait to swag Jack Martin off and he wins best on ground in three Brownlow votes. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, hundred percent. And when you get when you look at the best twenty, oh, hang on, let me let me let me pause it there. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll finish off the other draftees. So with pick three, we ended up taking Josh Honey, which was one of your boys that you were saying that, and we spoke about it in one of the videos that we did that he would be there or thereabouts with pick eighty. So. You must be pretty stoked that we ended up getting Josh Honey and tell me about him. I love a look. Well, you see, like the two teams I went to see, Northern Knights and Western, the old Western Jets to see Archie Manton. Um, like for me, he is, I, I was excited. Like he's a breakaway speed. He's got, he's a very, very raw talent, very raw. And he was someone that I said like, in that show. Is the kind of player that would benefit from having someone like a Betts. The kind of guy that is consistent and knows how to put the X factor into every game. And this mm. guy's got it. I mean, he's high defensive pressure. He he hits the scoreboard with gross regularity. He's got everything you want. I mean, the guy can mark, he can kick, he's damaging, he's a natural goal sneak. And for me... He also has got rare ability of small forwards to find the pill. So for me, this guy could be our, our Papley is here. Josh Honey, big call from Pom. Our Papley is here. Wow. Mate, we haven't even started preseason and you're already there. I love it. Talk I can't to me about. Wait. Uh, 
talk to me about so so why does he miss out on the draft and like why did he get drafted? What obviously you've you've got a profile on him, you know what he's like, he's obviously got talent, and, and there's a lot of comments about Josh Honey in in a positive light, but what like and I'm just maybe even playing devil's advocate, why does he slide so much then? Um one minute he can kick four goals and then the next yeah. minute he gives you donuts is a big one. Okay. And there's a lot of feedback I've had from people who know him. Yep. That the guy loves himself. But I mean, look at his profile picture. The guy's chiseled, man. Like, if I look like, like, don't worry, when I get my six pack, I'm going to be an arsehole. Uh, <laughs> this guy's a good looking guy, man. He's got everything. And great players have great minds and great opinions of themselves. That could put them off. But he is, that, that's probably the reason. He's consistency. And if there's people telling me he's arrogant, that probably puts you off as well. You probably don't want that. But a lot of big egos at Carlton Football Club. Look, there's there's something to be said for that. A, a lot of people in Australia <laughs> use the word arrogant when, whenever someone is, you know, showing confidence. Uh, you know, we have tall poppy syndrome right throughout here, not just through Carlton groups and pages, but all throughout society. So, yeah, all right, that, that, that's interesting for me. But... You're right. Consistency is the key. Um, but if there's one thing I have like real positivity about right now, and it, it sort of hit me when I saw a photo of Jacob Weedering training with one of the young boys today, it was like, oh fuck! Like now Jacob's you know a bit of a mentor for like some young kids, and now that Jacob and and Charlie and and Cripps and Doherty and these guys are now really, they they lead the culture. I have such confidence in the environment that we have at the club um, to get the best out of a guy like a Josh Honey or a Jack Martin. I have total faith in that now. Oh, I mean, Jacob Wheatering, he's a natural leader, isn't he? I mean, if your sister brought Jacob yeah. Wheatering back home, you'd probably make him a cup of tea. I mean, he seems yeah. such a nice guy. Seems such a nice guy. But, I mean, as for Josh Honey, he's joined Carlton Football Club. And... If, if you're the type of person that goes on the forums and says, uh, we might not be top eight, why are you supporting Carlton? If we're not finishing number one next year, who cares? But we I'm a realist, Pom. But I'm a realist, mate. <laughs> like, honestly, if Josh Honey kicks the winning goal in 2020 and win a flag, I'll prep my wife for him. I don't care how arrogant he is. Yeah. Heath Buck has nailed this here. Good evening to you, Heath. Josh Caddy is arrogant, two-time Premiership player. The team will pull him into line, hundred percent. And if you're arrogant, if you're arrogant, it, it, you know there could be signs of confidence. But you've got to back yourself in when you want to do something. And you want to be great. If you don't think you're great, how is anyone else going to think you're great? Oh, for me, I hate sportsmen who are like, "Oh, it was a team effort." I want James Hardens, you know, who are like just shooting threes when they're twenty down because he wants glory. Like, they're the people who win flags. Like, the yeah. only good footballer I've ever met who isn't up his own ass is Cooter. So that's one. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, and Josh DeLuca. Yeah, but Josh DeLuca, if you check his Instagram, he looks like he'd tell you about himself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Last one. Fraser Phillips. We picked him up. That was the last pick of the draft this morning. I had... Nothing. I, I know nothing about him, so give me something. Well, I mean, he's he's your medium-sized forward. You're just natural type player. So, I mean, 
he does possess like he, he does possess the skills. He does look like the kind of footballer that could could, could change a game. He, he knows where the goals are. He was got leading goal kicker for his club. He was also the co-captain. So I mean, he, he comes from Gippsland Power, Vic Country, and he has leadership ability. So he's kind of like a Jacob Wheatering type mindset. He's he's a natural leader and a genuine nice guy. Um, good goal sense, and he's got. And it seems to be interesting this because if you remember in when we got Teague, I said he likes players who can kick long, penetrating kick. Lockie O'Brien would be a star for Teague. This guy again is another player with a penetrating kick. Again, because he's a rookie, um, he he has a difficulty in the contest. He isn't very strong. He seems to not for quarter effort it. Very raw product though, and to me, the natural replacement for say someone like Patrick Kerr, someone like that, someone who is going to learn from your McKays, your Kernos, your McGovern's, your Betsy's as well. Being a medium-sized forward, he's going to learn that, and yep. potentially someone who could do a job like Jesus. And you need them well, type of players. Blues. You look at the Northern Blues. Paddy Kerr's now not there, um, so this kid's <coughs> opportunity to develop in there as well i mean we we don't expect much from him just f due to the fact that he was taken so late he's obviously very young um so the idea is this pick's going to be one that you know hopefully will pay off in the long run but um no it, it's good to have a, another forward that can develop in the in the northern blues and hopefully you know make something of himself you know oh for me if i was picking up a medium-sized forward i wouldn't care if you can run i wouldn't care if you've got if you're strong because they're two things an AFL system should be able to give you. But kicking goals is up here. And mm. this guy naturally kicks goals. Every level, he's always finished top two of, of kicking goals. So for me, this kind of guy, he, he's got the skill. He's got the hard bit kicking goals. The rest can be. So, I mean, for me, good pun. Good pun. Like it. All right. So... Those are the picks. Um, I'm going to open this up now because I'd love to chat to some more of you if you want to come on and um, got a few more items on the agenda here. So the link is right there if you want to come on and have a chat, say a few words and then go if you want to stay, all good. Um, but overall, what was the theme of – because obviously we had our own ideas of what we wanted to do with the draft. But now that we know what the club did do, Dan, what did you see from the club? What was the – what was the direction and what was the execution? Well, I think for years, one of my criticisms, and I don't really have many criticisms of SOS, I think we've always drafted fairly well, is there wasn't a clear there wasn't a clear strategy. But this year, we've gone game plan heavy. So we've gone for pace. We've gone for penetrating kicks, people who know how to hit targets. And we've gone for future developed players. So to me... I think we filled massive needs. I know we all wanted small forwards. Yeah. But for me, this is the guy. I think I think we've got great. I think we've got Josh Honey. For me, who has got so much upside. You've got Brody Kemp, who's going to be a superstar up and down the ground. Like for me, it's exciting times at Carl. Like this is a really good trade period. And the fact yeah. you top it off, we've got Martin for sweet bugger all. He's just brilliant. Like, we're winning. Yeah. The thing I really enjoyed about, and, and, and I, I hope that this is going to come true, is, and I was reading to that, Sauce 
three years ago, went to the US and he studied, I think it was all the, the major leagues over there, the NBA, the NFL, because they obviously do a lot of the future um, trading of picks. Now, I'm sure there might have been other list managers to go and do that, but it's very clear, and this is, I'm not just saying this because, you know, we're Carlton people here, but it's very clear that he's got a different strategy to the rest of the league, especially with this. He's not afraid to take these risks um, in terms of trading these picks. He, he's really, I mean, history will go down now, whether it's right or wrong, we'll, we'll see what happens. But history books will say that Sauce was one of the pioneers in the future trading of picks. And I really like that he's been so adaptable to this, you know, since the new rules came in. Um, he, he, he's obviously seeing something that someone else isn't. And at the end of the day, he's backed himself in and he's gone and got the players that he, he thinks are going to be the, the right ones. Now, now, we're pretty confident on Stocker being being good to go. Speaking of, that kid is everywhere at the club. He was at, he was at their little press conference today with the first-year boys. Um, he's doing all the running, extra running and whatnot. But that's another topic for another day. Um, now, Sauce goes ahead and he gets, you know, he gets Kemp and he gets... Philp as well. Obviously, we did have pick nine. I also liked how he made the bids for Henry and Tom Green. Um, you know, because for me, it's nice. It's Australian, you know, no, you know, just fall in line. But he was like, no, if you want this player, you've got to pick him. I really enjoyed what I saw from him. To me, to, to me, like, if you look, like, to answer three of the things you've brought, like, you look at the NFL, a great example of why teams live trade. This year was a great example, the Steelers and the Broncos. Now, the Steelers really, really wanted pick 10. Yep. It was quite, and th they offered a second and two thirds. Now, they kept being told no by the Broncos. And eventually, the Broncos sold it for a first rounder, a second rounder, and two thirds. Usually, when it's suddenly the point of time where you've got to get that player and there's no going back, you've got 10 minutes, that value escalates. So, Broncos would have missed out on a first rounder. They ended up getting an extra third rounder and an ex and a first. It, your value increases when it's push comes to shove. It makes sense yeah. to get there and then. There's a good point in that, and I, I, the reason why I like the um, the bids that we made for Henry and Green. Now he probably knew that they were going to match them, so he's obviously he's pissed them off and whatnot. But what it also did was it bought him time because to turn what was it was it pick seventeen and twenty for pick nine and sixty two. Is that right? So. Yeah. On face value, you think, fuck, how am I going to get two top 20 picks for one, you know, top 10 pick? I, I thought that was genius in, you know, driving up the value in a really short amount of time. I mean, that, that, that's what I read into that. Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, like, for me as well, it's okay when we say things like, oh, pick nine, we could have maybe taken Devin Robertson. Pick nine, we could have maybe taken Flanders. Pleasant. But... What Sauce has done is he's got a player that Phil, we've got to remember, was undraftable four months ago and yeah. went up to 50 in the recent draft. And Richmond and Melbourne confirmed yesterday that they had in between 20 and 30. So the, like you look at his combine results, these are next level. You look at the last three months of junior football, they're, they're elite. He, yeah. He's turned the corner. He's managed to get two players yeah. in one who potentially are guns. Yeah. The thing is, I was sorry, sorry to cut you off. I was reading into, you know, obviously, you know, why did he make the Vic Metro team? And again, the initial reaction on face value is why do we pick a guy that didn't make Vic Metro? Yes, and whatnot. Um, and then when he, he spoke about it as well, I mean, at the end of the day, he was, 
you know, you're trying to pick a midfield where you've got Raul and Anderson and, and you know, he's just not going to make it over those guys. Um, and, and look, that that's just the reality of the situation. But the way he spoke about the challenge and going and working on his leg speed, he said he was saying that he did quite a lot. I think he had a, a hurt, was it a wrist or a hand or something? It was upper body and he worked on his um, on his his lower body, a lot of leg weights, a lot of leg strength work. And that's what allowed him to become, you know, even more explosive than what he was. So, look, it's these challenges that test the character. Again, we have no idea what this kid's going to be able to do for us. You know, we're going to be looking over the over our shoulders at Brisbane and Devin Robertson for a few years, and you know, whatever it is, what it is, right? But um, you know, I, I really, I really like the fact that he's been tested as a character early on, and he's accepted that challenge. And obviously, he goes on; he wins the best and fairest at the club. Um, you know, and he obviously has a really strong second half of the year, and you know, we jump at the opportunity. I mean, I mean, for me, like we talk about Devin Robertson, and at the time, I, I loved a bit of Devin Robertson, but then you think about it, we have a lot of samey players, a lot of samey yeah. players that do what Devin Robertson does. But can you tell me anyone else who can run twenty meters at Carlton Football Club in under three seconds? Yeah, that's um, right. You're spot on. Who, who can also get the ball out, also run through congestion. We don't have it. Like, so to me, we've got players we didn't have. Like, we don't have pace. Like, our, our team is slower than an over-50 steeplechase side. Like, come on. No, you're get right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I saw a few people that came in just earlier, but they've come out. Um, again, guys, more than welcome to join. Zaino, good evening to you, mate. Feel free to jump in on the link. I've just put it here as well for you guys. Um, we'll get through some of the comments here. Uh, Jonathan Mackay, it's going to be sad when Sauce leaves. kind of hope he doesn't. <laughs> but does he have to leave? Um, you know. It's, it's a weird one. It's, it's a weird one, like, for me. Because no one said no. Like, it's almost like Carlton are denying it. Just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And even even himself, like they asked him the question, you know, is this your last trade period? And his answer was, you know, I don't want this to be about me. It's going to be about, uh, I think it was Josh Honey when we picked him, um, or sorry, whoever it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like it's there, but it's not. So um, it's a crazy one. Like I mean, but for me, like if he leaves. Like like the video I did, he's going to be like all creative geniuses. He won't be around when the fruits of his labour become massive trees and we're all eating a bit. Yeah. And it's important yeah. that we remember when that day comes, if Sauce isn't here, he deserves the respect because he's done the hardest job in AFL football. Yeah, With the hardest fans to deal with, we've got to admit, Carlton fans are the hardest fans in the world to deal with. We are something. We are so um, around. And he yeah. did it. One moment, Dan, um, because we don't have the full package. Oh, yeah. I can only have two people on. I'm going to put you down for a moment. I've got Anthony and John, um, and then I'll bring you back up. And anyone else who wants to come on, please feel free. So just one moment. Dan, your beautiful face is coming off the screen just for, just for now. Um, Anthony, I'll get you in first, mate. One moment. Anthony, you there? Hey, Terry. Hey, mate, what's happening? Nothing much. Talk to me, mate. How do you feel? Oh, I feel good. What do you reckon about the new recruits? 
Oh, mate, look, we just went through them. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I think the overall theme of, of the, the, um, the draft period this time around was that we, we went after what we needed, you know, leg speed, um, more midfield depth, tick, tick. Um, and, and overall, look, I'm happy. But at the end of the day, like I said before, you don't really know what these kids are going to be able to do. So uh, we've got to wait and see. We've got to put our faith in the club. You know, there were certain players that, you know, Dan wanted and I wanted, but we didn't get them. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to put the faith back in the yeah. club. And what really changed my mind about Jack Martin is really seeing his smile with everyone. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There was a sense of relief with everything that I saw from him today and the way he spoke. And he seems like a kid that's got a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of stress around him at the moment. And I'm not sure if that's because of, you know, he hasn't been enjoying his footy or if it's because yeah. this whole process is sort of dragged out and he was just very relieved. He might be a little camera shy, but it, you're right. To see him smiling, that, that's a... Of that's, course. I'm with you there. And then it's going to really boost his confidence with it. 100%. 100%. Tell me, who do you um, out of all the, the you know out of all of our off-season recruits, Ooh. including the trade period, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact? That's the hardest question. Oh, I'm, I really love to see everyone perform well. Yep. Oh, but if I pick one, I'm actually looking at um, Kemp. I think the one from Achuka was it? Yeah, yeah, the pick seventeen, Brody Kemp. Yeah. Brody Kemp, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Eddie Betts, and the reason why I'm going with Eddie Betts I is love it's, it's off-field too and what he's been able to do off-field and what he's going to be able to do with the, the NGA and whatnot. Uh, I think it's going to – the value for, for what he's going to be able to do for us is going to be seen long after he retires. Oh, but also with his experience, he can teach the forwards. 100%. Yeah. All right, mate, I'm going to head off, head you up. I'm going to put John on, but great to, great to speak to you. Awesome. You have a good day, Terry. Thanks, mate. All right, bye. All right, Johnny Allen, I've got you in the queue here. One moment. Mr. Johnny Allen, Mr. Carlton in WA, how are you? I'm well, Tega. How are you going, mate? Mate, I miss hearing your voice. It's hard well, being in the off-season. That's a very rare comment, missing my voice. Um Mate, uh, look, I'm uh, I'm really excited about our forward line, and and you asked old mate a question there a bit earlier about who's going to have the greatest impact. Uh, I think without a doubt, uh, Jack Martin. But for similar reasons, why you've said Eddie Betts, it's not just what he's going to do. I think how it structures our forward line, and in particular where that's going to leave um, Charlie Kuno playing. I think if you look at Jack Martin's highlights, uh, a lot of fantastic work from around half-forward flanks. And um, people might think that's where he could do the most damage. And he's, he's a good kick, set shot and on the run from around the 50. Um, but if he's going to be predominantly playing as a forward, uh, I can see him um, standing alongside McKay with Eddie in the other pocket, freeing up Charlie to go up into the half-forward flank and play up the wing. I think that's what excites me, is what it's going to do for Charlie. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. What are your thoughts on that, mate? You see no, something? No. I think it gives me a headache, and it's a headache that we haven't really had. Um, I think finally we're now in a position where the list is – I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's complete, but I, I, I genuinely feel like we've got a bit of everything that we need. Um, 
you know, with Philp as well, we, we needed someone looking longer term, that someone that could maybe replace Simo. Um, and I think he can maybe even do that. Um, and to me, I mean, the whole forward issue is, is, is worth a whole other video. But what we do with these, these forwards now is, um, is going to be very interesting. But the overall feeling for me is I'm just happy to have a side that's got genuine depth. Now it's about development and health and a few other things. Um, but I think the pieces are there. Yeah, and the depth in our spine, the key position, big players now, it's um, no, it does put pressure on Mitch McGovern and Levi Casbolt to perform every week. Um, you, you really, realistically, you can't see them all being in there if you've got a fit and firing McKay, Curnow, Weedering, Marchbank, Jones, all of these guys, and you need those guys down back. So the pressure it puts on those guys as well to perform, it's it's just exciting, you know, the... Uh, Charlie gets his knees right and, and will be sweet. And uh, Michael Gibbons is an interesting one. He was playing that uh, Puopolo-style forward pocket uh, guy there and everyone loved it. Um, he's pushing into midfield. There's, so there's pressure being put on the midfielders because there's really not a spot for him in that forward line anymore. So pressure, yeah. pressure, pressure on these guys to perform, for the midfield to perform. It's, it is. It's a headache and it's a wonderful headache. And I think we're across the board, we're looking pretty strong, Tegger. And um, my good governor, I was having a hamburger with him today, and he tends to agree. <laughs> yeah, Dan and McGovern have become close friends now. Um, Dan, uh, one of his biggest fans now, and um, they had a good they had a good chat, the best and fairest, and I think everything's just uh, blossomed from there. <laughs> I think Dan's trying to get him on a bit of a detox diet, um, but Lance won't have a bar of that. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, mate. So, what about you guys with? Um, with Carlton uh, in WA, what's what's on the horizon? When can we expect to see you guys back on the airwaves? Oh, mate, thanks for asking. And just quickly there, someone just commented up there about Sam Doherty, probably the recruiter of the year, <laughs> if he's fit and firing. Good point. It's just, sorry, I'm just throwing in another headache there. Um, but, yeah, no, look, no, you're thanks for asking about the WA Blues because um, I was literally typing up my um, triannual general meeting minutes um, yep. that we – had uh, on the 23rd of this month, which was a fantastic meeting, had the most ever members turn up to it. Everyone's excited and wanting to know the ins and outs of what we're doing for the next three years. Uh, voted in a new exciting committee and um, we are just going gangbusters. We want to average between 150 and 200 supporters at every live screening at the Empire. Mate, if you're ever over in Perth, I'll take you to the best venue for watching football in Perth with the biggest outdoor screen. We're very lucky. Uh, we worked hard to get it. Um, we we just yeah we're we're in procurement procurement mode um, with jumpers and framing and everything for our raffle prizes and mate the the faith and the the feeling over here in WA it, it blows people away. I've got mates that are Hawthorne supporters and and other supporters that actually come to our events because they love watching footy with us because of the noise and no one's does what we're doing as a supporter group. So we work hard. Um, we've worked hard to create that over the last few years and we're going to take it to all sorts of places. So uh, anyone that is listening, if they're ever in Perth during footy season, please hit me up. Um, and we are at the Empire watching the Carlton Games and we'd love to say day and have a beer with you. No, I, I, I want to reiterate that point as well. If, if you're watching and you're not aware of the WA Blues, make sure you go on their page right now. Um, the thing that gets me with the page is the cover photo. I'm not sure if it's still the same 
as what it was when, when I first saw it, but everyone's singing the song. I remember when I first saw that and uh, just the community you're building up there. I really appreciate that. And and to be quite honest with you, it's good to, to meet supporters who run other Carlton pages and groups who are not so fickle. Um, so good on you for that. Mate, so to you and Dan and um, Dane, everyone does a fantastic job. It's a, it's a wonderful community we have all over Australia. It's not just Victoria. We're so strong. People just have no idea. The Queensland guys do a great job as well. Yeah. Um, other video you're talking about, we had Sid Jackson up from Bunbury that day and we beat the Saints and it was things like that that um, they live with you, mate. For us over here on the other side of the country, so isolated, um, these getting together week by week is really important and it keeps the faith alive. We be there watching with you guys, but we, we're just happy to be together and uh, wait WA and you guys keep doing what you're doing, mate, and go the blues, everyone. Good on you, mate. Thank you so much for that. I'll uh, speak to you soon. Adios, amigo. Legend, absolute legend. Dan, I'm bringing you back in. Hello, Hi. mate. <laughs> um, I'll get through a few comments because there were quite a few that came in here. Um, and this is an interesting one here because the comparison has been made between us and the Saints. Uh, Zaino here. Zaino, if you're in, by the way, feel free to jump on. The link is, is up here in the comments. But uh, the Saints picked up Howard Ryder, Jones, Butler, Hill and, and Hill. Freo picked up three top ten picks as well as Akers and Aish. We pick up Betts, a 33-year-old, on a rapid slide the past two years. Noon's a guy they were happy to dump because he isn't in the Saints' best 22. And a guy that was dropped from the wooden spoon is best 22. Surely you follow football to see that belted us. It's going to be an interesting comparison. And then it's going to be one that we're going to be watching throughout the year next year. Because the reality is, you know, we we want to be on top of the Saints next year. We want to be in that conversation. I think at the start of 2018, we were quite a level below them. I think by the end of 2019, we got to a point where it was, oh, maybe we can start climbing into that St. Kilda Fremantle bracket. Um what do you think about that? Oh, we'll finish above. I mean, the only way Frio and Saints will finish above us is if they finish above 10th. Carwin will finish 10th, worst case next year. I've got the faith. Just keep the faith. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. A few more comments here. Um, we're, we've got about five or so minutes to go. So if anyone wants any other questions answered, we're more than happy to chat about Carlton. I kind of miss it. <laughs> Peter Vlahos says, just no more injuries. And, and that is the key. Heath Buck also said it as well. Can we just get a full preseason in as many of these guys as possible? Um, because God knows what we can do when everyone is fully healthy. And I, I know that that's what every club would say. Um, but we have had some really shocking ones to some key players over the last few years. So a good, clean bill of health would be appreciated. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you can never predict it. Obviously, you can never predict what's coming in and uh, what's who's going to get injured. But for me, yeah, you've just got to keep your fingers crossed, toes crossed, kill a rabbit, boil its ears or whatever the spell is and just hope. 100%. George Stella, it's interesting how many options Teague has to top and change game plans when he needs to. This is another point that we haven't touched on just yet. We have speed and attacking flair in this team. And if there's one thing David Teague, and this was evident throughout his entire the entire process, he knows how to function a good 
forward line, an attacking game plan. That's what he knows to how to do. Um, and so further to what George has just said here, he's got quite a few more tools. And when you look at the overall of what's happened now, we add three players to our starting 22 for round one that we didn't have in 2019, that being Eddie Betts, Jack Martin. And if you want to count Sam Doherty in there, you can do that as well. So that's another thing to ponder there. Oh, options win prizes. Do you know what I mean? And now he has got so many options available to him. I mean, doing the best 22 now is hard. Imagine round 10 when, you know, you've got your Ramsey, Phillips, even maybe Paulson. You don't know how Paulson's going to react with bets there. And these guys are kicking goals, having good games in the VFL. We've got that beautiful thing now where, like, players like Nunes, they're going to keep Lockie O'Brien honest. Yep. Because we know Nunes can perform at this level. So, like, for me, it's an exciting time moving forward for Teague. Because usually it's been our best 22 and then 10 blokes that would be lucky to get a game at Packingham Reserves. 100%. 100 all right let's let's leave it there i've got kano who's just jumped in the queue so i'll i'll i'll, I'll fare, uh, farewell you dan and i'll bring kano on for a little bit um great to speak to you as always thank you everyone for listening um but yeah dan i'll chat to you soon mate see you soon guys all right kano hello mate how are you how you going not too bad how are you going I'm good, mate. I'm very good. I'm excited. We had a good 50 minutes chatting about the Blue Boys. What did you think, mate? Yeah, I think it's just been a great um, training draft period, to be honest. Who were your favourite picks? Oh, it's got to be the our first draft pick in Brody, in, in Brody Camp. Brody Camp? What do you like about Brody Camp? Oh, I just... Like the fact that he is very versatile. He can play anywhere on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I put this question to um, uh, to Andrew before. Oh, Anthony, sorry, and I'll, I'll give it to you as well. Out of all the, the people that we picked up since the season ended, so that includes the trades, who do you think is going to have the most impact for us next year? Um, next year probably would be Betts. But in the in in the next few years, I would like to say Jack Noons. Yeah, nice. You're a big fan of Jackie Noons. Oh uh, yes and no, but because he can, Jackie Noons can play on the wing, play half back, and play half forward too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, what about your boy Ryan Nyhouse? What's going to happen with him? Um, I think he's going to be one of the players who is going to be invited to train the club. Uh, at Carlton, yeah, I think so. Okay, it's interesting. I don't. Uh, you mean maybe to play in the VFL or oh, because I, I um, think we've filled up our list now. Um, I think if he if he does get involved to train with the new supplementary um, period, he might get picked up with for that. All right, we'll look out for that, mate. Um, good to chat to you as always. Uh, I'll say good evening to you, but I'll say good evening to everyone as well. Good to have you back. A um, few more videos will come out in the next few weeks. Then we've got Christmas period. We'll have a lot more training reports to come as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how these new boys are training and how the, the older boys are, are coming along as well. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. 
It's been a great trade period. It's been a great draft period. And uh, thanks again to Dan for all his hard work and, and Dane as well for, for his work that he put in the other night. Good night, everyone. All right. Good night, guys.